to the Vizient Venture Sprout podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Mullis, and you're listening to the first release of four of Vizient's Member Back Ventures VIP Summit Panel podcast series, where we're talking to leading voices in the healthcare startup and provider space. Our VIP Summit set out to give a platform to providers igniting digital health and their back solution companies supporting their transformation. Today, we're kicking things off focused on the digital health necessity and the role COVID played as a catalyst for change. COVID opened the door to swift and sweeping changes across the care continuum for both the consumer and the provider. And as the scramble to pivot digital begins to settle, health systems must look purposefully at sustainable solutions. We're calling on our colleagues from three startups, DexCare, Medically Home, and Arista MD to share their insights around this seismic event and how it reshaped the landscape. We'll first pass it to Derek Street, CEO of DexCare, to tell us a little more about the three phases he and his team have witnessed around the changing rules of healthcare. But first, Derek, why don't you introduce yourself for our listeners? Sure. I'm Derek Street. I'm co-founder and CEO of DexCare Incorporated. I see it as three phases that we've gone through. We're kind of in the third one right now, although I'm not sure everyone really realizes it. The first phase was pre-COVID where it became sort of a nice to have to do things that, as a provider organization, do things that were more consumer friendly. And that often meant doing something in the digital world as well, because increasingly people spend more and more of their lives doing things online or in a digital environment. And so Pre-COVID, it was important to say you were doing things, to show that you were doing things, but you really didn't have to put a lot of thought or effort into actually doing those things or choosing the right particular vendor or things like that because utilization was pretty low. And then COVID, of course, hit us all upside the head and surprised us all. And anything that was at the intersection of digital and health had overnight incredible utilization. And a lot of folks then, both digital organizations as well as health systems, got a little bit of a false sense of security from a digital perspective that, all right, it has arrived now. There was a new paradigm. People are going to now get care in a different way en masse and do it this way forever. So then what that did is that drove lots of capability that was added to health systems offerings and lots of additional ways to get digitally enabled care. And then we entered the third phase, which is where we are now, which is things have settled down. Of course, the pandemic still rages, but people are learning to live with it a little bit more and go about their lives in a quasi-normal way, I guess. The same thing holds true for health systems. Healthcare services are being still consumed mostly in an analog sense, although digital is sort of 20 30%, which is still 10x what it was pre-pandemic. That's where the rules have changed the most because we now have entered a time where it's no longer acceptable for health systems to kind of compartmentalize doing things in a digital way, doing things in an analog way, investing here and not there, et cetera. You've got to kind of do it all because consumers have now gotten a taste of everything. Providers have gotten a taste of everything and they want to align their care modality, their care setting, their specific providers, services, et cetera, with their particular circumstances, which change someday it may be more appropriate for me to do a video visit. Another day, it's more appropriate for me to come in. Sometimes I just feel like I'd rather come in versus doing something online. And then there's all the modalities in between. And so it's really created this situation now where provider systems need to be much more nimble to service a variety of needs and essentially do personalized care 
It's often not the things people think of. When people think of making something work, they often think of the capability of doing that. So I have the capability of delivering a video visit or I have the capability of doing an asynchronous or a chat visit or something like that. But it's much more than that. It's making sure that those things are discoverable in a way that consumers can find them in the places where they're already spending their time. Contrary to what many hospital people think, most consumers are not hanging out on a hospital website. They're hanging out on other places online. And so these care options need to be discoverable where consumers are spending their time. That's number one. The second thing is they need to be able to intelligently navigate to the safest and best care options for them. Because so much capability was added and kind of thrust on folks during the pandemic, now these health systems are awash in digitally enabled offerings. And you can often go to a health system digital front door and you'll see lots and lots of links with words that sound very similar to one another that all link to these different ways of getting care. That can be very confusing for consumers. It can be frustrating for providers and service lines within health systems as well. And so this navigation and this sort of intelligent routing component is really important as well. And then the third and final piece is then the optimization and allocation of resources on the back end. Just because you're able to get a consumer to the safest and best care options for them doesn't necessarily mean that that will tell you which provider they could be matched up with that will yield the best results for everybody and create a sustainable health system. And so this auto allocation of resources where and where they can be most productively employed is another key piece. And at DexCare, we offer a software operating system for digital care that focuses on those three components of discoverability, navigation, and resource optimization to actually make those things work. So it just puts all the more urgency on health systems to get into that game and play at that level if they want to be effective and relevant going forward. Thanks, Derek. In a past conversation, another partnered startup, Medically Home, spoke to the same call for health systems to embrace digital to move forward and named two distinct shifts that providers need to be privy to. Let's hear what Pippa Shulman, Chief Medical Officer of Medically Home, had to say. With regards to digital healthcare moving forward, there are really two major shifts that I think providers need to understand. The first is that healthcare is rapidly moving away from our model of bringing patients into facilities to receive care. Patients and caregivers are increasingly demanding care closer to home, care that doesn't disrupt their lives, care that is there when they have a problem, but is generally in the background otherwise. A real decentralization of healthcare is afoot, is how I think about it moving away from all care in facilities and buildings and really into the community and people receiving care in the way that they want to. What goes along with this decentralization of healthcare is a change that's been building over the past several years, which I think providers have been slow to understand. And that's that healthcare is not a part of the service economy. Healthcare is actually part of the experience economy. And so when someone is having a visit with you, a telemedicine visit, an email visit, a phone call, or an office visit, they're not comparing you to the last doctor's appointment they had. They're comparing you to the last time they visited Amazon or a store that they particularly like. And that's a very different experience that healthcare is going to need to have to adapt to, knowing their patients better, understanding their needs in the moment, and being able to respond faster. 
what Medically Home allows and enables for these physicians and nurses and the entire care team is that we can bring you into the patient's home to provide high acuity care for your patients when they need it. We're not teaching doctors how to practice medicine. We're making it possible for them to practice medicine in a new way. I think a lot of health system executives really think about telemedicine and digital strategies from a pretty piecemeal approach, just thinking about it as urgent visits or perhaps substituting a small number of in-person primary care or specialty care visits. And I think we need to start approaching the digital strategy as integrated with high-quality in-person experiences for patients and really occurring across the entire care continuum, whether it's the hospital, the SNF, home care, palliative care, there is an opportunity for transformation through a hybrid digital and in-person approach that we need to embrace in order to move health systems forward. What a great forward-looking angle, Pippa. Finally, let's call on our colleagues, Brooke Lavasseur and Glenn Olson. Brooke is the CEO of Arista MD, and Glenn serves as the VP of Business Development also at Arista MD. Brooke attributes COVID as a clear driver of digital change and suggests telehealth offerings may be more reflective of a market shift in the modern healthcare consumer. Obviously, COVID did have a significant impact on bringing digital to the forefront. You know, as everyone kind of scrambled to figure out the new difficult realities of the pandemic. But we've also seen some other trends that have been emerging at the very same time. Things like interoperability and patient access rules coming into effect. This continued shift that we're seeing, very positive shift, into value-based care, that all relies on organizations being able to get clean, reliable, accurate data and to share that data across systems so that they can find the most efficient ways to deliver care. And so we're seeing a lot of organizations taking a new hard look at how they can firm up their cost containment strategy. And so this is fueling a whole new area of growth within digital innovations in areas like revenue management and process optimization. And for us, things like increasing workforce productivity. So while it seems like digital is having its day, I think overall, the shift in our focus is really a reflection and the need for healthcare as an industry to become more consumer-friendly and frankly, more physician-friendly. So I think there are a lot of exciting opportunities out there. And as we look at how we can take advantage of all these various tools, I think it's not just a burden on the provider. There are a lot of considerations that need to be addressed by all the stakeholders in the ecosystem. We're constantly looking at the importance of reimbursement. I think we do need to take a look at how we can improve and update reimbursement models and look at different types of reimbursement mechanisms to support all these new digital innovations, reevaluating the regulations and how they apply to digital and virtual care and to virtual tools. Things like enhancing cybersecurity, that's really going to be crucial in order to build consumer trust. And then I'd say, lastly, you have to establish some really solid metrics that we can all track to prove that these programs are working. 
I think that digital solutions are going to need to demonstrate the evidence that they can actually improve care and lower costs, improve outcomes, patient experience, which we partner really closely with our clients to be able to track these sort of things, because I think that's the only way to build sustainable programs over time. Glenn, what opportunities do you see for other partners like health providers and payers? Yeah, and Brooke, I think you're spot on. In our conversations with health plans and clinics, there is a drive and a push to pass more of the risk to the clinics, whether that be in a shared risk, a full risk, or a value-based care type of structure. Interesting enough, health plans are really looking for ways to positively impact the practice and give them the support tools that will help them down that value-based care journey. The number of treating physicians has dropped, and so the primary care clinics that are out there are seeing large volumes of patients. And it's hard to change a workflow within a clinic when you're already kind of operating at your top peak volume capacity. And so tools like what Arista MD offers can really help guide the primary care practice down that value-based care journey, helping them to triage appropriate cases that require true face-to-face specialty care and those that can be treated there in the clinic, allowing the primary care provider to really operate at the top of their license. So that's one of the biggest changes I've seen through the last six months or more is a collaborative effort between the clinic and the plan to figure out how do we ease everyone down that value-based care journey and make it successful for all involved. At a granular level, what we're doing is we're enabling more efficient care delivery by connecting primary care providers to essentially an on-call gigantic network of specialists who can collaborate with them on patient cases to enable faster access to care at a less expensive setting. I think the grander vision for us is just to focus on how can we improve access to care and lower costs by matching patients in their journey to the right care from the right provider in the right setting. And so that may actually be a video visit. It might be a text visit with your PCP, or it could be an in-person visit to your PCP where they're carrying out a care plan they designed by doing an e-consult with one of their peers. And using digital to expedite that mission is really going to be critical But when we're redesigning care, it really has to be in a way that improves the consumer experience. Consumers have an expectation of interfacing digitally. They do it all day long in the rest of their lives. And they are looking for that same experience in healthcare and that same level of convenience. So for us, as we look at evolving our service offerings, this is a very important component of how are we truly impacting the patient journey and the patient experience. Thanks so much, Brooke and Glenn, for framing a RISTMD's perspective. And thank you to our contributors, Derek and Pippa, for stopping by. The conversation doesn't stop here. In part two of Memberback Ventures VIP Summit Series, we'll hear from Be Well Connected Health, ShareMD, and Panda Health as they dig into patient activation and engagement.